Welcome to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, Sharon, we're on again today. What a lovely day. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful day. And on the way in, I met a couple of friends on the road. Uh Uh-huh. And they were going home to listen to me. So all I can say is hi. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening. You bet. So we have our first guest? We do. We have him on the line. And Hey, this is Marilyn Hall on the line, is it? It is. How are you, Sharon? I'm good. How was your weekend? It was pretty good, actually. Yeah, it was a nice weekend. Nice yeah. day today, though. Oh, oh. isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's so hot um, it, in a corner on my deck that I could almost wear a bathing suit in there. <laughs> there you go. You should be doing that. Yeah, kind of. get my vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah. And so today, today I, I asked you to come on because, you know, I, because I live out, out way out i'm never downtown and just uh, in the last while um with uh, john howard we changed eds and i started finding out about what was going on down on the streets down there and in fact i went down and volunteered a few times that's when i started to really notice that we had a um people living on the street in fact i went over to one guy because i was afraid he you know, that he wasn't, that he might be dead. And I went over and spoke to him and he was okay. But so for me, um, I think everybody's kind of laying it at the, uh, the door of the city to take care of this. And so I started doing some research because I was very involved in homelessness and, and uh, violence against women, um, and so I started thinking, okay, so where were all these people before? Because they had to be somewhere. And I started thinking about Riverview because I knew about um, Maple Cottage as a detox center down in um, New Westminster. So uh, are you okay with me doing a little uh, uh, summation of what oh, I found? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, in rural... Coquitlam, after two uh, centers for mental health uh, patients uh, had to be closed due to overcrowding, this is in 1904. Um, The city bought, uh, or the province bought a thousand acres of land for um, construction of Riverview Hospital and Colony Farm. So we all, a lot of us have heard about that place. And that hospital was for, um, it was called my, uh, Hospital for the Mind. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It wasn't called a, a mental hospital. It was Hospital for the Mind. And in 1911, there was a man named John Davidson who was a botanist, and he developed a botanical garden down there because it was felt beneficial to the patients. Now, this is in 1900s, like 1904 that they were looking after people. In 1916, Colony Farm was producing 700 tons of crops and 20,000 gallons of milk a year. And and then we move up to 1950, where uh, women who had chronic uh, mental illness were put in one area called West Lawn, and men were put in another area called East Lawn. And the hospital was that hospital was called Essendale. And there were shops, there was a school, and there was a fire hall there. 
And I mean, this, but think there was a thousand acres. And so that's, that's a lot. So Riverview West Lawn was closed in 1983. In 1984, 141 acres were sold, uh, and 250 single family homes were built there. So now we're looking at money over mental health. And, and it starts to get bigger. Um, then the remaining Riverview Forest was acquired by the city of Coquitlam. And then I've got to give some numbers about how many people. So in 1930, there was a 675 um, uh, building for women with chronic. It was a chronic unit. Uh, and then there was a veterans unit in 1934. And the second phase of that unit was built in 1949. And in 1955, a tuberculosis uh, unit was built. And so in 1956, there was 4,306 patients. And uh, I think uh, 2,000 and some odd um, staff. So that's in 1956. That's how many people. And there was a change to the Mental Health Act, and it became it went over to the provincial secretary, uh, from the provincial secretary to the Department of Health Services. And then they said there was a steady c- decline in beds, and it started in 1960, and it continued into ni- uh, 2004. And by 2004, they only had 800 beds. So we go from 4,000 patients to to 800 patients. And in 1967, there was a decision made to downsize Riverview Hospital to have um, uh, mental health services readily available in the rest of the province. And so they they uh, gave us that promise, and uh, uh, there was less beds available that matched the shut the closing down of the place. So by 1970, there were 17 mental health centers in BC, and then the further downsizing of Riverview, uh, 1969. Um, they uh, were supposed to uh, implement other communities and build uh, mental health centers there. Then they changed it from psychiatric leadership to um, administrative leadership. So then it became more of uh, managing than health and that was over time as well. And that's when the deterioration of services happened. And there, a group of people came and had a meeting to complain about the way they were treated because the people that were hired at that time were not trained. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it eventually, um, in 1992, the complaints came. In 1992, Crease Clinic closed. In 2002, 800 beds 
were left. In 2004, um, it was stated that in 2007, 400 new beds would be open in other areas, and and that didn't happen. 2005, East Lawn closed. 2007, North Lawn closed. 2012, the last patients moved uh, out of Riverview. And the number of beds taken away and um, and the smaller amounts actually implemented. So the number of beds that were removed were not replaced properly across the province. And I think people need to understand that there was a promise made that the people who were removed from Riverview would be moved as close to their home as they could. But it didn't happen Lynn, it, the, 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 uh, you know, and so where are those people today? Well, you know, I think you've given a great history, Sharon, and, and what we saw as well a number of years ago, probably two or three decades ago, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, the, the fact that many uh, of the folks uh, that were in hospitals or whatever uh, over the years, uh, the idea was to bring them back to their community so That's they could right. receive services within their community, within their home setting. Yep. And so in order to do that, uh, that resulted in a number of agencies, which you are very familiar with, that mm-hmm. had to pick up the ball yep. and provide those services. And funding, as far as I know, still continue to flow from, from government, to both at the provincial and federal level. Uh, but I think over time, it became more increasingly difficult to provide those health care services. So today, if we fast forward to the probably the last decade, uh, and even last half decade, we've seen uh, greater numbers, and we're talking specifically about Prince George, we've seen greater numbers of homelessness pe- homeless people on the, on the street, we've seen greater numbers of mental illness on the street, greater numbers of drug addiction, opioid addiction on the street Mm -hmm. to the point where you have a crisis on your hands. Yes. And you've heard me speak about this and we've Mm -hmm. talked about it a lot, Sharon, where in fact, uh, it's, you know, I'm adamant about people understanding who has jurisdictional responsibility. So we have a responsibility in a couple of areas, Mm -hmm. namely bylaw services, namely the RCMP. Mm-hmm. Uh, our Parks Department does a tremendous job. Our city crews do a tremendous job from picking up bio-waste to cleaning streets mm-hmm. to, you know, taking down camps in parks and those kinds of things. And we've partnered, and I, I, I don't think you can be successful if you don't have a strong partnership with your health authority, if you don't have a strong partnership with BC Housing. Yeah. Uh, Ministry of Housing, Ministry of Health, and we have really been able to achieve that. Now, finally, mm-hmm. uh, after a lot of work, uh, we're seeing that integrated health model being built on First Avenue. Yes. But uh, we've seen an influx of these folks as well, because Prince George is the largest center, BC's northern capital. Yes. Uh, let's say it, because that's what we are. Yeah, we are. And so people come from all over the central central and northern BC for services. Yep. Whether it's to go to Costco, whether mm-hmm. it's to come to Prince George for healthcare services, if you are in that predicament, um, you're going to come where services are greatest, or you mm-hmm. can access them quicker and easier, and that's here in Prince George. 
So we have seen, if you, you know, I, I travel the streets mm-hmm. in the morning on my way into work, when I leave work, uh, and there is no question uh, that the impact uh, downtown is huge. I hear from businesses every day. Yeah. And I think that um, in some municipalities, if you take a look at what's going on in Penticton and other municipalities where, uh, you know, they're saying, they're saying no to housing in uh, in certain areas. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't we haven't gone there yet. No. Uh, is it? But if you don't have those partnerships, uh, then you're in a difficult place. But what you're seeing right now downtown, particularly on Third and over on Second Avenue, is uh, is just a huge influx of people that have come in. Since 2017, since the wildfires, if you were yes. homeless in Williams Lake, throughout the Caribou, and you came to Prince George, you were, you know, you were taken care of. But many people stayed because they yes. could get services here, Sharon. Yes, exactly. And you know, there's no way out anymore either. No, yeah. there isn't. And, uh, there's no bus system. There's nothing. Nope. So um, it's. Look, you know, I have been in the job for six years, and it is it is the toughest thing for a city to deal with. Yeah, and it's just not the city's responsibility. And when I talk to other mayors, that's the message we're trying to get out there. It isn't, you know, but, it is it is the responsibility of of a whole group of ministries, not yeah. not the city. I mean, you don't have the. Uh, the money in your budget to build buildings. That's not what the city has. I mean, y- you have the city to run. The, the social part is about health, about uh, welfare, about social services, BC housing, all of that. Those That's their responsibility. You're absolutely right. And, and so... You know, I think it was what two years ago we we did an enhancement program to deal with these issues mm-hmm. in the community, uh, and you know we put in excess of a million dollars into that, mm-hmm. and it was all about keeping the city clean. It was yes. about doing all this work so businesses could phone three one one and get into our service center and put in a request. Yes, um, but. Uh, we need those partners, and, and like yes, I said earlier, we, we we've really, I think, cultivated a good partnership with Northern Health and BC Housing. Yeah. Um, but I understand why people will make their first call to the city, or their call yes. to me, or an email to me. Yes. Uh, because I don't know. We're we're. Well, you're first there. You're you're We're downtown. First in people's minds. We're going to go to the city because <laughs> yeah. we want. You know, we we think the city can do this, and it's their responsibility. Yeah. And quite often, yes, we'll do the garbage pickup and all of that. But uh, there's a whole lot more to it than that. And the other thing, Sharon, and you know this, mm-hmm. is that there is not one single solution that will last forever. No, there isn't. No, there's so much that people don't, maybe, um, because you're the mayor and because of where I've worked, I know that the people that are on the street are trauma survivors. And, and they are. And all of them are. And they, yeah. they, um, have, uh, a low self-esteem because it started as children. And our jails are full of the same people. They're mostly yeah. post-traumatic stress disorder people. Yeah. And, uh, they don't, have any kind of self-worth and to 
you know this um this building downtown now that they're they're building right now that's going to be so let's talk about that building sure. when you talk about surround services let's talk about what those services are so people know yeah, yeah. So it's on it's on First Avenue and it's a portion of the NR site, the NR Motor site, and so there will be a first phase of 50 unit modular housing that's put in B, by BC Housing, and then the actual integrated model build is right next to it. It's going to be an initial 50 units of housing, but it will have support services, uh, Sharon and. Mm-hmm. Those support services will provide everything, you know, from health to life skills. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, for me, and, and I'm not an expert like you are in this field, but I will tell you that I've come to believe wholeheartedly that it's not just about housing. It's just not, no. it's not about a roof over somebody's head. So no. we've been adamant that if you're creating and putting housing in, that it has to come with a level of service. Yeah. It doesn't me uh, or you, if we're suffering from mental illness or drug addiction, just to have a roof over our head. There has to be more to it. Yeah. Or you don't uh, you don't become part of the, the the solution, in my opinion. So that's why we were adamant and, and so gung ho on this uh, integrated health model. So we, you know, we're another twelve, fourteen months away. Yeah. Uh, but ground is broke. They're starting to build. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you'll get a health agency uh, go in, and uh, I'm hoping the needle exchange, and I'm hoping that it, it's just a, it, it's a location for people to get help. Yes, and, and it's a rebuild, you know, that like they don't even know who they are because all, they, uh, all these folks have been treated as, as um, worthless, and uh, they need a safe place. They need to have... Uh, safety. That's the main thing. And, and to have this, say a nurse on duty, um, a counselor on duty, somebody to help them find, uh, education or a job or, you know, it's, it's gotta be the whole thing. And they have to, these folks have to find out that they are worthwhile. But the thing is, they think they, they believe they are what's done to them. Mm-hmm. And when I worked with the women, I told them, um, you aren't what was done to you. Uh, that was done to you. That's not who you are. And that's yeah. what we have to work at. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes. So sure. um, I really appreciate this time because I yeah, really want people to understand that the city is not the the one that can build the buildings or do the mental health work. The city has to look after the what you you're in charge of you're not the doctor you're not bc housing you know or you're our mayor and uh and i want everybody to understand there's other people responsible for what's going on here yeah and i appreciate that we don't shirk our responsibility we wanted to you know we want to be at the table we want to be a partner in this and i think we've proven that by the things we've done over the years and then this new uh, integrated health model is uh, certainly f- for me a, a real indication of that partnership. So I think it's great. Yes. Appreciate it, Sharon. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for your time cuz I know yeah. you're a busy guy. Enjoy everybody <laughs> enjoy the uh, blue sky. Yes, for sure. Thank you. Okay, take care, Sharon. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. So this is Senior Moments and we'll take a short break and be back with our next guest. 
Hi, this is The Wolfman. Few entertainment genres have captured our imagination and been as successful as the good old-fashioned musical. From their vaudevillian roots to today's blockbusters, musicals have provided generations with a stream of memorable productions, show-stopping performances, and larger-than-life personalities. Join me for a unique adventure as we trip the light fantastic across more than a century of musical theater, from Broadway to the West End and all points in between. On with the show, Sunday afternoons at 2, only on Boomer Radio 93. An effective and engaged board has clarity around roles and responsibilities and aligns their work and performance with organizational values and vision. With that goal in mind, Vantage Point is presenting board fundamentals, roles, and responsibilities. Full details on the workshop, including cost and registration, are available through the events link at thevantagepoint.ca. Board fundamentals, roles, and responsibilities, the latest not-for-profit organizational workshop from Vantage Point, Tuesday, April 20th from 9 to noon at at thevantagepoint.ca. Most not-for-profit organizations generate revenue from a variety of sources. The optimal mix depends on your current programming, your strategic priorities, and the skills, expertise, and capacity of your revenue development team. When considering your ideal revenue mix, an important consideration is the time and resources required to generate $1 in revenue. To help, the Vantage Point has a downloadable worksheet. Find your revenue mix worksheet and other downloadable tools under the resources link at thevantagepoint.com. The forecast from Environment Canada today, mainly sunny, wind from the south at 20 and a high of 10. Tonight, a few clouds, low of minus 4. Wednesday, sunny, wind becoming north at 20 in the afternoon and a high of 14. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Brought to you in part by Riverbend Seniors Community. When you live at Riverbend, you will be... I hit the fade button too soon again. Uh-huh. I never know when they're going. Anyway, we have our next guest on the line, Sharon. Wonderful. Thank you. And so, uh, Keenan Kerstick. Yes, hello. You're here. <laughs> and uh, Keenan, you um, are the owner of Cobb's Bakery, which I went online last night, and I'm telling you, do you know hungry, how hungry I got when I saw your your website? I have not been in your place. I'm coming over. Oh, yeah. Please stop by. We're open every day, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, what, from 10 a.m.? Uh, from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Oh, every day. Oh, boy. Now... Um, I don't know about Cobbs. I know that I, uh, a friend of mine, I, she has mentioned it to me. I've been afraid to go in. I need to lose weight. But uh, you have quite uh, uh, um, a selection. Uh, you know, you call yourself a bakery, but tell me, uh, you have bread, but you have a whole bunch of other yummy-looking things. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what we do is we bake fresh from scratch every day. Everything is uh, made in-house. Um, mm. We do a lot of artisan breads as well. We do some pastry. Uh, our cinnamon buns are amazing. Oh. And we do a lot of savory items too. So, um, you know, cheese buns and pizzas and some uh, delicious things you can't find anywhere else. Well, I thought I saw a pizza. Now, mm. was it a, a regular pizza or um, like a pizza bun? I mean, you have, you have uh, do you do hamburgers too? Uh, we do hamburger buns, hot dog buns. We have a variety of bun options. And, uh, yeah, we do artisan pizzas, which are uh, done more uh, to European style of pizza dough there. 
and um, you know tons of options that are available. The the main thing is that it's all made fresh from scratch every day, and uh, at the end of the day, we donate everything to local charity. Then we start fresh again the next day. Okay, so. Could I say I'm a local charity? <laughs> I'm teasing you. Because, <laughs> boy, oh, boy. So uh, how many staff do you have there? Uh, currently, I have, I think, about 22. Wow. And yeah. um, and you're looking for new help, are you? Uh, correct, yes. Yeah. So I'm actually looking currently to add some bakers to our team. Okay. And do these people have to have a... Um like a certificate or somebody no, from we, CMC? We do all of our own training. So we uh, we train people from scratch. You don't need to know how to bake before. Uh, we just need, you know, team players, people with a great attitude, and people that want to be up at 3 a.m. baking is probably the, the toughest thing we're looking for there. Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you give me the coffee, I can come. Now, <laughs> what's what does Raisin Dough, what does that stand for? I saw that little sign. Yeah, raising dough. Um, so not just myself as an operator, but Cobbs in general, we really like to support our communities. So uh, this past Saturday here, we uh, had a little fundraiser at the bakery. We were selling our brand new strawberry passion fruit scone, and we donated a dollar from each sale, uh, plus accepted additional customer donations to donate to, to Relay for Life Prince George here. Oh. Um, yeah, they couldn't have a traditional event due to COVID-19, so... We just like to partner up and help out where we can. So uh, we raised about $500 there for Relay for Life on Saturday. And a couple weeks ago, we had another one where we were raising uh, some dough for Breakfast Club of Canada, who uh-huh. feeds 150 kids, 150 students in PG. Oh. And uh, that weekend, we raised $800 for Breakfast Club of Canada. So uh-huh. you know, every now and then, we'd like to give back where we can yeah and i thought it was pretty good because i love raisin bread and 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 i kind of saw it together now do you have seating in your place uh no we're just uh we're just a pickup takeout only option okay and you can phone in and order um uh, so and i saw that you make sandwiches uh no we don't make any prepared sandwiches okay just the baked bread yeah okay and I saw something that would look like a braid. And, Correct. Uh, yeah. And what is that called? Uh, so those are our Twisted Delights there. So we have a variety of them. Uh, so it's basically a braided style loaf. We do one with ham and cheese, one with spinach and feta, oh. and uh, one with some jalapeno cheese for a little spice. Oh, my heaven. Oh, jalapeno. Oh, that would be mine. It's, as I age, my taste buds want um, jalapeno for some reason or other. Um, oh, it's delicious. Do you do sausage rolls? Uh, no, no, no. We we don't do any sausage rolls, no. No meat. You just it, it, we, fruit? The, the meat products that we have are more like um, our pizzas. Uh, some ham and cheese buns, stuff like that, but we don't have a, like a sausage roll or style like that, no. Okay. Now, do you do soups? Uh, no, no, no prepared soups, and they're not like a deli. We're just, just more bakery. traditional bakery. Yeah. yeah traditional okay. bakery. And uh, so I saw a cranberry sourdough bread. What? Correct. Oh, yeah. my goodness. What about yeah. that with uh, a turkey sandwich? Yeah, so that's probably your best option right there. So our sourdough is what we're probably best known for in town. Oh. Uh, we Yeah, it takes over 24 hours for us to make that product there. Oh, 
I just, when I saw it, I love turkey sandwiches, and, and I thought, oh, that's absolutely perfect, if, mm-hmm. because you've got to have the cranberry sauce on your, your turkey sandwich. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, now, did, did I see tarts there as well? Yeah, so uh, we do uh, butter tarts all year long, and then uh, kind of closer to the holidays, we do a mince tart as well. Oh, do you do mince tarts? Oh, because mm-hmm. I haven't been able to find them. Do you do oh, yeah. mint? Do you make pies? Uh, no pies, no, okay. just the tarts. But we do our butter tarts all year long, and then closer to the holidays, we'll be doing mixed tarts. <laughs> oh, butter tarts are my absolute favorite. <laughs> what about bars? <laughs> Lemon squares or that kind of thing? Do you do those? Um, we do scones, uh, so that would be our best handheld sweet option there. So we do a wide variety of scones, best in town. It, oh, boy. And you probably had your... Um, what what are those hot cross buns? They were probably fresh. Oh yeah. Have yeah. you still everything got... we do is fresh baked every day? Yeah. Wow. So, are the hot cross buns available all year or just at Easter? They were available just up to Easter there, but we did we usually start them in February and then they run all the way until the end of Easter, so that you just missed out on those. <laughs> and and raisin bread, I suppose, and and garlic bread. Uh, yeah, we have a variety. We have uh, do some garlic bread, some garlic cheese bread, stuff like that. Uh, uh-huh. We do a cinnamon bread. Uh, yeah, a wide variety. Yep. Oh boy! Uh, and where where are you exactly? Uh, so we are not in Pine Center Mall. We're located on the building adjacent, that is right beside the BC Liquor Store, and in between that and the Starbucks there. So where the Brown Social House is. Okay. Now tell me. Um, what is the most called for? What's everybody's favorite? Uh, our sourdough and our cinnamon buns. <laughs> and do you have some with uh, cream cheese and some uh, yeah. without? Yes, we do them uh, glazed and we do them with a cream cheese icing as well. Okay. Do you make donuts? No donuts. No, we don't deep fry anything. Everything's baked. Okay, so that uh, you leave that to Tim Hortons to do the yeah, donuts. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so I can come in and, or I can pre-order and come and pick it up. Yep. So we take phone-in orders currently. Um, we do have an online ordering on cobspread.com. If you go to our location, there's an online ordering for pickup oh, option. Okay. And, uh, or you can come visit the bakery for the best possible experience. Yeah. Well, I don't know how, um, how I would choose, but I, mm-hmm. but I think people should go on your, uh, website and have a look because it's quite, uh, a nice website and mm-hmm. you've got a nice display of everything in there. And I, I just thought to myself, and I did, I had to go make myself a grilled cheese sandwich at 1030 last <laughs> night because I was looking at your website and I it's saw these tempting, yeah. cheese buns or something and I just got set right off. You have control of me now, <laughs> Keenan. <laughs> it's, well, looking forward to seeing you in the store there. Yeah, I'll drop in and introduce myself. And Judy is, is my uh, co-host here and she'll introduce herself. And <laughs> Yes, Judy. <laughs> I would like to know if it would be possible to get the cinnamon rolls with no topping on. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah, we do just a, a plain and plain cinnamon roll, and then we do it with the cream cheese icing as well. 
<laughs> so it's Judy I heard her in the background, <laughs> and she's gonna she'll introduce herself too. Now, um, how are you doing with the COVID? Are you doing okay? Are you having a tough time? Uh, it, it's, it is challenging for sure. Um, you know, with uh, new regulations always changing, um, as well as just overall uh, what you have to deal with with staff and the turnover through this time is very difficult. And even general customer interaction and the regulations in regards to that being in the you know, we are an essential food industry. Yes. In a bakery, we're like a grocery store. So it, it has been quite challenging, um, mainly for me in terms of retaining and training staff has been very difficult. So I work very long, hard hours. I'm in there baking at 3 in the morning for the most part and then, you know, having to get everything else done that I have to do to run the actual business too. But, uh, you know, so if you know anyone that wants to bake bread at 3 in the morning, have them apply. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Keenan, what made you choose um, to be a baker? Um, I just uh, got into this business, one, because I have a passion for food, and two, uh, I'm born and raised in Prince George, and I saw a need for a bakery for feeding my community uh, the highest quality product, baked good possible, and then the uh, community connection that's possible with doing this. I feed my community a same-day bake fresh product and then at the end of the day we donate everything remaining to charity in town and then we feed people in need so uh it's just a great business model overall so i love food like (laughs) and uh, i like uh providing a good service to my community too i think that's wonderful i mean uh how many people in business think of it this way i mean uh, right now we're working on uh, looking, there's a group of us that are working on food scarcity and, mm-hmm. and, uh, finding out that there is no food scarcity. It's about big business and profit. Yeah. And, and here you are looking at, uh, just going from day to day, making your food and then feeding the homeless afterwards. And it's I, a, I, it's an amazing way that we kind of, this, this franchise has kind of flipped that that script on how, you know, big box stores and everything do it because they don't, they're regulated and told and made and they waste so much. But uh, the way we've been able to do our business and based off of being a bakery and margins, like I have to sell a lot of bread to be able to give the amount of bread that I do. And, uh, but it works. It's, it's almost a, it's almost the best nonprofit for profit kind of business that you could be in. I think so. Because I can give as much as I can, and as long as the community supports me, the ones that can afford it can come and buy it, then everything works. Well, I think that's very honorable because I am just reading about the dumping of tons and tons, like billions of tons of food, um, for, to, um, and, and nine million people die of starvation a year. And yet these big corporations and businesses are dumping food for profit. And to talk to you gives me hope and it gives me some kind of, uh, feeling, a good feeling, Keenan, that there's people like you, uh, still here in, in our community. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks very much. Appreciate that. Yeah, and I'm going to come over and put on a few pounds, I think. <laughs> now, yeah, please do. Yeah. Now, so you need people to come and work, and, and you um, are 
like 23 bakers, you said? Was that what you no, said? No, uh, I have a lot of uh, good front-end staff. My sales team is really good for yeah. selling the bread. It's just uh, I'm having a hard time uh, getting good people that want to come learn how to bake. Yeah. And uh, mainly people that are capable and steady enough to be in there every day at 3 in the morning baking bread. So, you yeah. Know. I yeah, think, I probably, you know, I think there's probably some women who um, would be, and maybe some older retired women who enjoy, because food is love, actually. And, oh, yeah. and, and, uh, I mean, that's, that's how we as, as mothers, um, and grandmothers show our love to our family is by baking food with love. And that's what you're doing. Oh, yeah, we put a lot of it into it. So that's the main thing. It's, uh, you know, finding people with a passion yeah. that want to do that is the main thing. Those are the people that are going to enjoy it and want to stay and make the best possible bread, too, or the people that put their, their heart into it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing for me is I know that my mother, uh, every day, that every night that she prepared supper, she served it to us with love. And my father, every night at the end of dinner would thank her and he would say francis i want to thank you so much for a really great dinner not so formal but he acknowledged the work that she put into it and now you're making me think about the what you put into what you're doing and i think this is just the greatest conversation i've had in a while with someone who's got a business who really i mean i know that uh, the busy bean is another little cafe in town that um, is really uh, careful and concerned about uh, what they're feeding people as well and I've talked to them and it makes me feel like oh, well there is hope in the world when we hear all this negativity and COVID and greed and everything I just can't uh, tell you how much I appreciate talking to you Keenan. Oh, thank you very much No, I, I, there's lots of it in Prince George not mm-hmm. just myself there's a lot of people that are doing things somewhere like this really giving back and you know looking at the bigger picture of our community and not just business not just you know making money right yeah we need um, to it and that's what we want to do here at cfis fm we want to support our local community businesses and the small businesses that are struggling right now and uh, i've i've got um a call into nancio's i don't know if they're going to be able to come or not but it's uh we we're kind of focusing on our our small little businesses that really serve us uh unique uh food and we had the uh, busy bean on a little while ago and i went over and had lunch over there and i can't believe how delicious that was and it's just a small little business but they're they're doing it because they want to feed our community like you do yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. And so, you know, you've got my number, you've got Judy's number, it's the same number. And Perfect. if you've got a, a fundraiser coming up, give us a call. And even if we don't do an interview, we can we can announce it on. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. And, and Reg is here. Most and Al's here in the morning, so you can call this number and leave a message that you're doing a fundraiser, and they'll announce it on the morning show. What sounds good? No, thanks very much. Appreciate uh, it. You have to call the five six three number to oh, leave a okay. message, not five six two. But okay. otherwise, it's exactly the same as yeah. So you dial five six three. 
2347 to leave a message. To, yeah. to leave a message. Yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And Sounds so good. let us help you and help the community if you're doing another fundraiser. We'd love to do that. Keep yeah, will do. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for taking time from your very busy schedule to sh- let us know who you are. Yeah, not a problem. It was fun. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Well, yeah, it was a nap time for me. So Okay, uh, away you go. <laughs> have a nap. You have a good day. Take yes, care. thank you. Bye now. And so this is soon your moments, and we'll take a short break, and we'll be back hopefully with the next guest. A one-time provincial recovery benefit is available for residents of B.C. If you file an income tax return for 2019, you are eligible, whether single or as a family. To apply, you need your social insurance number, your 2019 income, direct deposit information, and a driver's license number if you have one. For more information or to apply for the provincial recovery benefit, visit gov.bc.ca slash recovery dash benefit. The B.C. recovery benefit application deadline is June 30th. Canadian Tire's Jumpstart Sport Relief Fund is ready to help build back sport and play. Canadian Tire has been trusted for nearly a century to help families get involved in sport and play and is proud to embrace its role in building back Canadian sport and ultimately in helping communities rebuild. Applications for the Jumpstart Sport Relief Fund are now open. Funding programs through the end of the year. Canadian Tire's Jumpstart Sport Relief Fund. For more information, including how to apply and application details, visit jumpstart.canadiantire.ca. With door-to-door sales of Girl Guide cookies ruled out because of COVID-19, London drugstores across BC have stepped up to help. The chocolate and vanilla sandwich cookies are now available at all London Drugs locations, as well as at londondrugs.com. Funds raised will help support Girl Guide programming at the local level, as well as provincial initiatives. Girl Guide cookies, now available at London drugstores across BC and at londondrugs.com. The forecast from Environment Canada today, mainly sunny, wind from the south at 20 and a high of 10. Tonight, a few clouds, low of minus 4. Wednesday, sunny, wind becoming north at 20 in the afternoon and a high of 14. Brought to you in part by Riverbend Manor, you're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So here we are back, and Judy's trying yep, to Yep, we're get... back on the line, and I'm just trying to get Nancy O's on for Okay, you. good. So um, in the meantime, I think uh, that was very um, yes. positive with Keenan, with Cobb's Bakery, that uh, um, I'm so excited about having people in our community that uh, are from Prince George, who have a business? Um, yeah, yeah, and so I'll go back to. Um, I called someone this morning, and they said that they'd get back to us. So I don't know. No, one of the owners. No, I talked to the girl. No. Uh, anyway, we're having a bit problem here, folks. A uh, couple of things I wanted to talk about if uh, if we're not going to have a guest. Uh, I think one of the things that's kind of personal in a way, but um, as an older woman, I am finding that I'm having trouble with new doctors in our community listening to me. 
And uh, I started thinking about something the other day, which gets dangerous. <laughs> because at 80, so I'll be 82 next month. I have a doctor who gives me medic- medication, but I don't get tests. I, I have tests because of the renal clinic. So now I started thinking about why I'm over 80 and and don't seem to be really worth doing a lot of investigation because I'm in a lot of pain. Exactly. I'm in a lot of pain, neurology, neurological, and um, um, I can't sleep because the pain I get in my shoulders and my back and my, my, um, and I've lost four inches in height due to my spine. And, and we do shrink over years. Yeah. And so, I started thinking about the doctor that I have. Now, you know, we have to have, uh, when we work in certain areas, like me working in the nonprofit area, I had to have training in racism. I had to have sensitivity training, and that was part of having that job. Now, I have a doctor that comes from a country where the women in that country were not allowed to go out of the house without a written permission from their father, their brother, or some other male in the family. In 2017, those women from that country were given the vote to vote locally. 2017. That's only four years ago. And so I have a doctor that comes from that culture. Now, tell me... Do these doctors get sensitivity training to work with women who live in a country where even though we're not equal quite, we feel that we have a right to speak? We we abdicated to vote. We didn't get the vote for a long time, but it's been a while now. Uh, mm-hmm. We're working to get the same pay. We are assertive. We can speak our mind, even though we may be called a, be- a witch with a B. Um, but I have a doctor that comes from another culture. So does he bring his culture with him? And in, 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 in the fact of women not being able to have a vote in anything until four years ago? That's a and good question. Is he given sensitivity training to work with assertive women? And women who can speak their mind, because I'm not the only one. I'm. I have a friend down in, uh, down south who has a doctor from another culture who treats her the same. I have another friend here in the community who has had a doctor from another culture who ignores her requests. So I want to know when they are given permission to come into this country. If they Are treat they everyone equal? Well, I mean, treat us differently than what they treat the women from there. And I don't care if anybody gets mad at me. I really don't care because I am sick and tired of being treated like I don't matter. Is well, it because I'm a over eighty? Is a, is the rule now that we don't get any treatment? That's another thing too. I think some of the doctors figure that because we are. Over eighty, I'm not there yet. I'm nope. just about there. Yeah. Um, is it worth their while to keep us going? Yeah. That's the feeling I get with a lot of them. Yeah. But hey, we're still healthy. 
Oh, aren't we ever? Aren't we a pain in the... In you know fact, what? I know of a fellow that needed surgery on his ankle. Mm-hmm. And he was very active. And he got one doctor that said, you're too active not to have it done. Yeah. And he got it done. Yeah. Well, I asked to have a referral to mm-hmm. a neurologist. And I got a big smile from a cute little boy, because he's certainly young, and maybe I give him that. I don't know. And he said, oh, but that's going to take a very long time. So? So what do I get? Pain pills? Like, I want to know. You don't want to be taking... I don't. Artificial no medicine for no. the rest of your life. No. So help me to find a way to not take that crap in my body. I don't want it in my body. Well, and it screws up your body. Yeah, it really, really does. And so that's kind of my rant today. Do they have sensitivity training when they come to our country to work with assertive women? Well, the doctor I had who retired, I'm thinking last year, I'm not sure on exactly when he retired, but he knew that I didn't want medication. Yep. And if he knew of a natural way, he yep. gave it to me. Yep. Yeah, well, most of them don't go for that. No. Now, my doctor, for 25 years, left town. And so he and I worked together as partners on my, Mm -hmm. and that's partly, you know, he found a lot of things that uh, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. But he listened to me because it's my body. I know what's going on inside of my body. Exactly. And and so he's the computer that I put this information into, and then his computer in his head starts to figure out the diagnosis, or he can put it into another computer and find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. X-rays, you know, blood tests, that kind of thing. And, And I mean, I worked in the medical field for 27 years as a medical steno. I transcribed dictation from doctors. I... I know diagnosis. I know all kinds of things. So it's not like I'm going in there as this not knowing little old lady from P- Pennsylvania, who or Pasadena. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when when my granddaughter was born, I was in the delivery room, mm-hmm. and the nurse nurse said something to the doctor who actually delivered the patient, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. Um, I think she asked if it was okay for me to be there. Oh. Because I heard him say, like I didn't hear her, but I heard him say, oh, yeah, she's fine. Yeah, yeah. So I got to stay in there. Her husband would have been there, but when he phoned the hospital because he'd gone home for a bit of rest to see how she was doing, oh, she's going to be a long time yet. Yeah. He was not too happy when I phoned him. Yeah. Well, this this Anyway, that granddaughter just turned 39 Yesterday, <laughs> Jack Benny's age. Yeah. Yep. So, so this doctor came from a, a culture that's patriarchal, and and that means male dominated, and yep. and we come from a similar culture, except that we've managed to put move ourselves. Yeah, we've moved ahead of that. Now. Yeah. And and so it's it's like I'm I'm going to ask the manager of the clinic to come into the office with me. And to sit down with him and say, this is how I'm feeling. And I know that 2017 women of your culture were allowed to vote locally. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to talk about was um, food insecurity. And so oh. 
um, you know, so many people are now having gardens and they're buying all the seed from our naps. And we were talking earlier before we went on air about um, drawing your tomato seeds and your 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 sunflower seeds. That uh, if you have sunflowers and any of the the well, and, and keeping peas from one year to the next to use for yeah for, uh, and potatoes when you get yeah. the eyes you can use those. But anyway, I did a little bit of uh, research about food insecurity and it it was um it was on uh not i uh not itunes uh but one of those sites where you can get in and you can watch a video oh yes and and this guy was talking about um how there there's nine million um die from hunger every year in the world 5.3 of those million are children, and it's lack of access, access to food. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talked about how the farmers are, are so lowly paid, and, uh, and the cost of production is so high. It's the middleman that's making the money. And so, the the uh there's more modern sources of production and the, and they're trying to like they are are messing messing with the seeds and trying to make them produce here's the thing that really got me a system there's one third waste one point three billion tons of wasted food mm-hmm and uh, that's more than enough food to feed nine million people. Oh yes, billion tons, but it's about production and profit. Well, you hear of them dumping milk, yes, uh, getting rid of eggs, yes, uh, that could be used. Yeah, and this is a man-made crisis. This yep. crisis doesn't need to happen. No, this is man-made. And how many of us even know this? You know, Catherine Kendall start, she, she's organizing a group to see about food insecurity. And she sent me this to, to read because this is man-made crisis. This yeah. is a crisis that is because we can't have food. So I wanted people to think about this. Um, nine million people die a year for lack of food and 1.3 billion tons of waste is dumped every year that would feed all yep. those people. Yep. The other thing I wanted to read you was was uh, from the um, hospice. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it, it was on uh, Facebook. I don't know if you put it on or who, but it's it, we were talking about grief and loss the other day. Yes. And it says here, I believe the hardest part of healing after you've lost someone you love is to recover the you that went away with them. That's right. I I saved that from hospice, and, and I noticed and, you'd got it from me. Yeah, and and this is by Kelly Treehouse. And so when somebody passes, dies, I guess I can say it out loud. Yeah, part of you goes with them. Of you, course, you have to recover that part, and that's the hole in your ears inside of yourself. Uh, yeah, and and that's accepting it. And I found the best way was just keep going one day at a time. Well, people grieve a different way, as exactly, and and so there's no like no. they can tell you all the stages of grief, but you're going to grieve the way that works for you, and that's the way it worked for me. Yep, mine's avoidance. 
<laughs> oh no, actually, um, my music actually had a lot to do with it too because I kept playing music and, and going into different instruments and mm-hmm. I just kept going. But you know what? I know that he would have wanted me to do it. Yeah, exactly. So I was doing what I knew he would want me to do. Yeah. And so my mom was uh, totally different. She she died within a few months of my father. Unfortunately, some people are like that. Yeah. I lost a couple of friends that way. Yeah. He went one year and she was gone the next year. Do you know that 80% of the antibiotics used are put into animals? And um, and those are animals that are forced into small confined spaces, yeah, like pigs and chickens, and veal. Yes, and veal. Veal. Yeah, yeah. You get veal because they are kept in a cage. Yeah, in a barn with no natural light. Yeah, that's where you get the light colored meat. That is veal. But the eighty percent of antibiotics. So why do you think that we're getting? viruses and illnesses that antibiotics can't cure anymore because the animals are well the animals are are uh, getting it because they're in close confined when you see the pigs when you see the sheep all of those animals and uh i think that we really have to think about what we're believing yes and uh and what the truth is um it's about profit uh, there's no political interest in changing it, and the farmers are the ones that are are, are losing out, and mm-hmm. and the people who are starving to death are losing out for big business, big profit. Actually, there's one word that covers it: mm-hmm. greed. Greed. It is greed. Yeah, and uh, and that's why I was so touched by talking to Cobbs. Cobbs, because. There's people who who do something for the good. Yes. And the same with um, Deborah at Busy Bean. Exactly. They do things for the good. And then you start reading this kind of stuff and you just think, oh. So, folks, um, think about what you're eating. You know, if, if you can find somebody local that's growing their animals for themselves and maybe an extra one to sell. I have a nephew. Yeah, that does, and and those animals will give you the the true value of food. Yeah, I think my brother's back into cattle again too. Mm-hmm. Down yeah. the Soda Creek area. Yeah, and so uh, they raise their animals way differently than these yep. industrial. Um, they're out on a field. Yeah, and they're natural, and they're treated with respect because the farmer has to make money. On it, yeah, and not a lot of money. He just wants to have. He's sort of like cops. He wants. Well, they, to get, they find that um, basically they do ship a lot, but they also have different customers that buy from them. Yes, and because they know butcher it's, does the book butchering. Yeah, um, yeah. And my so friend, my friend works. Greta was telling me about how hard it is to be a farmer. How hard it is to raise chickens for eggs. That you have to pay and pay and pay, and there's taxes, and you have to have oh, these yeah. certain things, and you know a lot of them have outside jobs. Yeah, yeah, to make or, well, usually yeah. logging well, or something. Yeah, meat and meat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So well, I was going to tell you about Nancy Olds. They they're going out on the sidewalk, I think, today. So oh, yeah. they're pretty busy. Yeah. Anyway, I don't um, as as um, I was told they. 
the people that listen to us probably don't go to Nancy's. I never thought about that. I was just trying to help them well, out. Well, possible. Yeah. But you yeah. never know. No. So that's it for this day. Thank you very Thanks. much, Judy, for your support and help. You're and, welcome. And uh, we'll come in next week. I forget who I've got next week. Oh, it'll be, be good surprise. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, everybody enjoy the sunshine and get your vitamin D. And we'll talk that's to right. you next week. This is Senior Moments. Senior Moments is a co-production of 93.1 CFIS-FM and the Prince George Council of Seniors. Senior Moments is produced by Sharon Hurd with production assistance from A.J. Fair. Theme music is courtesy of Goff Brooks Music. Catch the rebroadcast of today's show tonight at 9 or replay past shows through the podcast at CFISFM.ca. You're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial.